Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. I've always been fascinated with the law of attraction. I think it's a really interesting concept. And more than anything, I think what you focus on, you manifest. I do believe that. I think wherever your mind goes, if you're constantly thinking about it, you're going to find more opportunities. That was a big message that I got from today's guest, Sandy Forster. Now, before we dive into Sandy and her background, I have to share with you a really great money win. This money win comes from Dean. Dean, thank you so much for submitting this on Instagram. It was so fun to read through your money win. Dean says, I've been listening to your podcast for a while and have been learning so much from you. Just wanted to share that I've paid off my private student loan in full and it's a huge weight off my shoulders. Thanks for all you do for the community. Hashtag money win. Dean, I'm so crazy proud of you and all of your success. That's so awesome to hear that this podcast has played a small part in your journey, but more than anything, congrats, my friend. Having that weight off your shoulders is so important. And more than anything, you're setting yourself up for a really great financial life by paying off your debt. So I am crazy proud of you. Congratulations again to you and your money win. And don't forget to submit your money wins. I love to see what you guys are working on and cheer you on and support you and just seriously be your biggest cheerleader. That's one of my favorite things to see how you are kicking butt with your finances. One of the best places to do this is to actually tag me on Instagram. You can send me a DM, you can tag me in a post whatever you want to do, but I am at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co come follow me on there. Also, this is a little bit self-serving, but I'm trying to hit 10,000 followers so I can get that swipe up. Yeah. Like I've been working my butt off on my Instagram and I really need that swipe up. (laughs) So we're getting kind of close to that, but I still need a little bit more. But anyways, all that to say, let's dive into a little bit of today's guest. Sandy Forster is a money mindset mentor for women worldwide who are ready to experience more abundance and freedom in their life. Sandy went from welfare to millionaire and has been called Oprah's Aussie secret. And she loves inspiring and empowering women to break through their blocks, manifest more money and create a life they're truly passionate about. I mean, who doesn't want that? Her award-winning international bestseller, how to be wildly wealthy fast has been translated into over 11 languages and she's transformed the lives of hundreds of thousands of women worldwide. Sandy lives in her own tropical paradise near the beach in sunny Australia. No joke. You guys, she has wild kangaroos in her backyard every afternoon. The coolest thing, right? You can connect with her at wildlywealthy.com. So here's what we talk about in this episode. We dive into her diverse background. She travels a lot. So we talk about her travel and her adventures and how she almost died while trekking Mount Everest. We dive into discovering the law of attraction and positive thinking and how that took her from welfare to millionaire, how she uses visualization of her goals to actualize them. This was the key piece for her to get out of that welfare mindset. It allowed her a form of almost escapism. It's really interesting. I think you guys are going to like that part. We dive into how Sandy was able to bring the secret, the movie. Do you guys remember when this was a huge hit? up all about law of attraction and manifestation. So that movie, she brought it over to Australia. And the cool thing is she has no background in that line of work. So it was really interesting to see how she was able to do that advice for overthinkers and over planners for all of you that do that. Please listen up to that section. It's really important. 
tactical steps to maintain a positive mindset, how to avoid analysis paralysis. This is something we all fall into from time to time. Some of the common struggles that people will run into when trying to work on their mindset, what body, mind, and spirit alignment can do for all parts of your life. This is not woo-woo. It actually makes a ton of sense. And I love the way Sandy explains it. What abundance means to her. We talk about her breakdown that she had while shopping for a blender in Target. We all have those moments and this was a really good one for her. And taking steps before you're comfortable with taking them. Such a good message. I think we can all get behind this. And guys, I'm really excited for you to meet Sandy Force. So let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Sandy. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I am joined by a really awesome guest, Sandy. Sandy, thank you so, so much for taking the time to hang out. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I love what you're doing. I absolutely love it. Likewise. Okay, so you are joining us from Australia. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things that I was reading about you is you actually have kangaroos in your backyard. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And just let me just preface it by saying most people who hear about Australia think we have kangaroos all over the place, but yeah. it's not like that at all. Oh, really? So, no, no. Seeing kangaroos is quite rare. And so I actually live on bushland or next to bushland Amazing. and I've got two acres myself and there's bushland sort of on the other side. So they, they come from the bushland, stay in my little acreage, eating the grass because it's also beautiful and green and I've got a spring-fed dam. And then they move on out to the other bush and it's amazing like you see the kangaroos and and depending on the time of year you see these little joeys come out of the pouch for the first time and these huge big feet and they try and jump and they fall over and it's just the cutest thing ever yeah it's really really it's like a little slice of heaven over there yeah yeah (laughs) that's incredible so have you have you always lived in australia yes always lived in australia but i've traveled a lot i do love travel Quite a few. How many countries have you been to now? Uh, 52 so far. Oh my gosh. Where was the first country you visited outside of Australia? Um, so the first country I visited was when I my parents um, decided to sell our house. We lived in a very cold southern state of Australia. They wanted to move to a nice northern warm state. And so they took half the money of the sale of the house, took my older brother, younger sister and me, and we travelled the world for about 10 months. Amazing. And so the very first place I went to was England. So we went to London and, um, yeah, that was my first introduction to the outside world. But from there we went all through um, the UK and then through Europe and then North Africa and did a trek from London to Kathmandu and mm-hmm. and that really got the travel bug going. So I always travel whenever I can. Right now, if we leave Australia, we pretty much can't come back in. So I'm trapped. <laughs> oh, man, I feel that. I feel yeah. like I'm trapped too. I, I too have not been traveling either and it hurts my heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where out of all the countries you've been, is there one that you find yourself most drawn to? Oh, I love Morocco. I just love mm. it. And I think it may be like when I, because that was the very first country that was very different to everything. Like you go through Europe and you go through the UK and yes, it's different, but, you know, still similar to Australia. Hitting Morocco was just such an eye opener. It was so different. And um, you know, when I was in the in one of the, I think it was the Marrakesh markets, and I was only 15 at the time, there was a young Arab boy, a, a goat herder, who um, wanted to swap, give my mum and dad um, two and a half camels for me. And they were pretending it was going to happen. And I was like a bit freaked out. But oh, I yeah. fell in love with Morocco then. And I've been back a few times and I love the markets and the souks and the, you know, down the alleyways and all the carpets and the all the cool stuff. I, I really, really love Morocco. 
That is so interesting. Okay. So you traveled a lot as a kid and then you also at one point decided you were going to trek Mount Everest. Is that the case? Yes. And I watched a movie called Everest. Yeah. Now for anyone that's seen that movie, it doesn't really inspire you to want to trek it because so many people die, but I don't know. My brain doesn't work like that. So I watched (laughs) the movie and thought, Oh wow, that looks amazing. So I took my daughter into going and we, yeah, we trekked Everest. And um, unfortunately, I mean, I should have known this ahead of time and I did sort of plan, but some people's bodies and brains just Mm -hmm. do not deal with high altitude. (laughs) That's me. So I got very sick. I got fluid on the lungs and fluid on the brain and they had to helicopter helicopter me off um, the mountain to Kathmandu Hospital. So yeah, I nearly died. So that was a bit intense, but the rest of it was completely mind-blowing and beautiful and amazing and the scenery and the people and the yaks and the snow and just the whole thing was just so incredible. So yeah, I, I loved it. I can imagine that took a lot of mental strength to even have the courage to say, I'm going to go trek Everest. So I applaud you. Is this (laughs) mental strength? Is this something when you decided to do Everest, is this before you did mindset work or after mindset work? This was after, but I think, I think it's not so much mental strength. I think it's more, I don't have a think things through mindset, (laughs) which, which has really served me well in many things to do with Mm -hmm. my business because I just get going and then figure it out later. But it has also, uh, there's been a downside of that. So I, I do things without thinking and, you know, I'm very different to most entrepreneurs. I always say I don't really feel like I'm an actual business person. I'm more of a creative person who mm. comes up with ideas, does stuff and happens to make money from it. And that's my business. But as I said, the downside is because I don't think things through sometimes, yeah, things don't work out um, the I way I thought. <laughs> I mean, so goes life sometimes. I love that attitude. I think it's really interesting. So take us back into the moment where you decided I have to start to change my life and I've got to buckle down. I've got to figure things out. Was there a specific moment for you or was it a series of events? Yeah, definitely a specific moment. So um, when I moved, like when when our parents came back from travelling, when we travelled overseas, came back to Australia, I went to a local high school here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, and I met a boy. And we went out for about 10, 11 years. Then we got married. We were only married for three years. And I had a, um, so we divorced when I had a six-month-old and a three-year-old. And And uh, what had been my hobby business, because I'd kind of fallen into a business, I really enjoyed sewing. And I also wanted my own style of bikini. And then the aerobic era hit and you couldn't buy any nice leotards except for those black ones with the really ugly cap sleeves and low leg. So I used my sewing abilities and went out and bought some lycra and started sewing and I guess it was it was really just a hobby business. So it would bring in a bit of money and, you know, my husband's business, he's a builder, would, would pay all the bills. And the money that I made from buying all this nice lycra and sitting in the garage over winter and sewing stuff up and finding an empty shop down by the beach in summer and selling it all there, it just bought in money to buy some new furniture for the house mm-hmm. or go on a holiday one year or, um, you know, do some landscaping. You know, it's just hobby money, play money. Suddenly that business had to be my full-time income and, oh, my gosh, that didn't work. So I'm a single mom trying to raise two small kids. 
um, not making enough money. And I ended up uh, $100,000 in debt and on welfare. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had an overdraft that kept growing and growing, but I never got it paid off. So $100,000 of debt and on welfare and really had no idea where my life was headed. I was supersonically stressed, like mm-hmm. really stressed around money. And I sort of hung in that place for quite a while. But then I discovered, uh, I guess, the personal development industry and discovered thinking positive. So that was my first foray into it. I was actually attending a sales event. I think I think it might have been Brian Tracy or one of those you oh, know, yeah. really well-known people talking about this. Uh, he called it, I think, the super conscious mind hmm. and how we've got this part of our mind that we don't tap into. And he was literally talking to probably, you know, it was thousands and thousands of people in this huge big conference arena and it was probably 98% men and he was very much talking about the mind and the, the super conscious mind and that part of the mind to tap into. And my mind was blown. It was like, wow, there's this part of this mind that we don't use. And from there, I really dived into personal development. But then I went a step beyond that and I discovered the law of attraction. And when I discovered that and learned all about that, I realised that's actually what he was talking about. But (laughs) because he couldn't talk to the audience, you know, all these 95% salesmen and businessmen about, you know, universal law and, and the law of attraction and manifesting, he used language that they would connect with, language that they would appreciate. So I realised that a lot of very successful people knew about this, knew about how to attract abundance and success and money, but they weren't necessarily talking about it in a law of attraction way, but they knew that it all came down to, to mindset. And that was very much my first introduction to, I guess, being able to know that my life wasn't just happening randomly. I actually had a say in what would happen. And so I guess because when you're $100,000 in debt and on welfare and you've got a choice to instead use the law of attraction and focus on and think about your dream life and what you'd like to be doing and where you'd like to be going and what you'd like to be buying and the house you'd like to live in, that just felt so much better than where I actually was. So I spent so much time really putting my energy and my focus and, you know, on my dreams and my desires and my goals. And, yeah, everything changed. I mean, I won't say it happened overnight in a heartbeat, but it changed and I went from welfare to millionaire and I attributed it all to that very first um, learning of the law of attraction and really applying it in my life and understanding that what you think about and what you talk about and the conversations you have with others are in your head or, you know, the things you read, where you put your focus and, and energy is what you then attract more of into your life. And I realised that and so I tried to really distance myself from my current situation, which was $100,000 in debt and on welfare, <laughs> and yeah. instead focus on what I really wanted. And yeah, everything began to shift and my life completely transformed. I freaking love this. I remember the first time I ever watched The the Secret, the video. So I read the book and watched the, the movie. And I remember thinking, this sounds too good to be true. <laughs> I really did. I was like, this is BS. Like, come on. And I'm curious, did you have any hesitations? So I, I think it's when we go to seminars, we get so fired up. We're all so excited. We feel like we can take on the world. And then we go home to our reality and we're like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is where I'm living. I've got a hundred grand in debt. I've got two kids. I'm on welfare. How did you build up that habit of consistently thinking positively when it I, seems I, like life was crap? Yeah. And, and honestly, like I said, I think it really was that 
I had a choice to focus on how my life was, which was absolute crap. Like I felt scared about money. I felt frustrated about money. I felt angry about the situation I was in. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt like all these negative emotions about where I was. So being able to spend time every day in this fantasy world, if you will, Mm -hmm. of, you know, being a millionaire and, and having the life of my dreams just made me feel so much better. So it became like a almost like my drug I loved to spend time visualizing every day I love spending time affirming I love doing the things that took me out of my reality and instead into something that I truly wanted and so it just felt so much better so I just I, I guess from that perspective I think when people when people are have got a life that's pretty okay and they maybe learn about the law of attraction they probably dabble in it you know, I'll mm-hmm. give it a little bit of a go, see if it works or not really, and they move on. Whereas for me, my life was so crap that I totally loved doing anything about the law of attraction. So I spent all my time doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to get a really great result. Just like someone who, you know, says they want to lose weight and they might be, they might only be, you know, five, 10 pounds overweight. And so they they kind of cut back a little, they might do a little bit of exercise, they might lose a pound or two, and then they kind of give up because they kind of feel a little bit better. Whereas someone who's really overweight, that's determined, they're going to do everything they can. They're going to do something every day for months on end to make it happen. So I think in my situation, I was really in that place where it felt so much better. But I have to admit, I really, I remember hearing someone say, even if you have a mustard seed of doubt, then you're not going to be able to manifest. You're not going to be able mm. to attract. Oh, and I remember my brain going, "Oh my god, I've got a whole packet of mustard seeds." Like, <laughs> oh, I don't. I think it's going to work for everyone else, but not me. Like, I don't think I have what it takes. And there really was a time when I thought that I was going to be the only one on the planet that you know wasn't going to get wealthy because I think I saw everyone else reading the books and learning all the material about practical uh, wealth investing strategies. And and I did that. So when I split up with my husband, I actually ended up with about $180,000 in like property settlement. Mm -hmm. And after I paid my uh, lawyer, which was about $30,000, and then I think I had to buy back the car that I'd been given for Mother's Day, that was another $20,000. So what I was left with, I thought I actually felt rich. Like at that time, I felt like I had so much money. So I put some money into um, an investment and it disappeared. I put some money into shares and stocks and they just plummeted. I put some money into Mm. a network marketing company and that just folded. I put some money into my own business and it went nowhere. Like literally every practical step I took went nowhere, just like completely messed up. And so that was when I thought, well, okay, so everyone else is learning the same stuff as me am I the only one that's going to be destined to be poor the rest of my life? Like, mm. And so that's when I realised that there was something more to it and there was that mindset side. And so when I discovered the mindset side and particularly the law of attraction, I just fell so much in love with it and I decided that, you know what, i got nothing to lose. Like when you hit rock bottom, there's really no further down to go. So I just thought I, I'm just going to give it everything I can and it felt so much better than where I was. And because I put so much into it and really focused every day, yeah, the universe rewarded me. (laughs) That is so cool. I love, I I do believe too, where your attention goes, energy flows, and all of that stuff all comes together. And I, I think it's so powerful, but this is a piece of our financial life where we dabble with mindset, but I think you're right. It's kind of dabbling. It's not going all in and really learning the skills to truly transform your mindset. 
Yeah, totally. And and I always say though, you know, yes, I'm very much about the mindset, but it's like you've got to take practical action. You can't mm-hmm. just sit around. Like I think because my book came out a couple of years before The Secret was released and, and you know, when The Secret was released, I remember we couldn't buy it in Australia because there was some sort of, I don't know, some sort of agreement that until it aired oh. on TV they weren't allowed to show it. Got it. And so I couldn't, I didn't see anything about it except a trailer that only went for a couple of minutes and they never mentioned the law of attraction in there they just talked about this secret but I just felt it was so in alignment with what I was already teaching so I decided to email the secret people like the secret website and I said I love what you're doing I I really don't know what it is exactly because you know I can't get it here but I love what you're doing I know it's going to transform the planet can I send you a present and I got an email back from Rhonda Byrne the producer of the secret who said we get so many emails here. I never get any, but somehow yours came to me. Yes, I'd love a, see, a, a present. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I, I sent her my book and I, a course that I had. It was a physical home study course at the time, Millionaire Mindset. Sent her that. She emailed back and said, did you watch The Secret and then write your book? I said, no, I still haven't seen The Secret. Yeah. So she ended up shipping me one over. She lived in the U.S. at the time. And she shipped me over the secret and I had a secret party at my house and all my friends came around and oh, we watched so cool. the secret and it was like, wow. That's so but cool. But then I got back to her and said, look, you've got to do something about this. You've got to get this movie into Australia because I just think everyone would benefit so much because only so many people will read a book. That's so but true. I just knew that if they, you know, watched a movie, it's so much more enjoyable. Anyway, as it turned out, she said, no, no, we can't do it. And I said, well, can someone in America do it? She said, sure, but we can't do it. And I said, well, can an American company do it? And she said, sure, but we can't do it. And I said, I've got an American company. And so I I didn't stop to think, do I know anything about importing a product? Do I know anything about shipping and freight? Do I know anything about distribution? No. So this is me, the not thinking things three person. So I just said, I'll do it. And, you know, that, that one action of first thinking, oh, I want to send them a present and emailing them. So yeah. just sending an email, first action. Then actually, you know, when she connected with me, sending her my my book and my home mm. study course. And then, you know, just taking action saying, I'll do it. That made me close to $3 million in about seven months. Woo-hoo! Just from that one idea alone. Dang, so like, that's crazy. I know. So, so many people... They they think they have to know everything about everything to do anything. Yeah. Whereas I'm just this, I come up, as I said, I come up with ideas and I just kind of do it and then figure it out as I go. Some things work out great, some things don't. But but you know, I've I've made millions of dollars over the years by just taking action even before I know. Mm you know, every step of the process. So I think that's a big lesson for a lot of people. They they hang back and hang back and hang back and end up doing nothing. Why do you feel like we do that to ourselves? Um, I think a lot of it is we're scared of failure, you know, fear of failure. Uh, Sometimes it's actually fear of success. Well, if it actually works out, am I going to be too busy? Am I going to, you know, my friend's going to disown me because I'm not like them anymore? Like so many reasons that people just, you know, don't do anything. And also I think uh, it's been very ingrained in us that you have to really, um, I guess, I guess from a a business perspective, and I always thought this too, you had to be um, organized and professional and, um, you know, be this type of person to be a business person. And that's why I say, 
you know, yes, I've got a business and yes, I've made millions of dollars, but I don't actually think of myself as a business person. I just think I'm a creative person. It comes up with ideas and some of them are great. (laughs) Some of them aren't so great. But, um, you know, I just come up with ideas and run with them. And so that's what I teach all my students. You know, I've got people inside my Millionaire Mindset Experience program that I I just teach them just, just go for it. You know, if you've got a business now, just do whatever you can to grow it. You know, work on your mindset first because when you work on your mindset first, then ideas can flow to you. But if you've got the mindset of, I can't do this or I'm not going to be successful or I can't create abundance or I can't manifest, then the ideas won't flow. So you've Mm. got to first work on the mindset, open the mind, and then when you do that, um, connections and opportunities and all these different possibilities open themselves up to you. So it really is about working on the mindset first. I love this conversation. I think it's such an important one to have. When you say work on the mindset first, let's get practical for a second. How do we tactically make this work for our lives? Okay. So the first thing you want to do is get clear on what you truly want. Mm. Like forget about the how, all the steps, how the money's going to come. Yeah. Just forget all of that and instead go to this beautiful place and think about if my life was ideal, what would I want? Mm. And for me, when I was $100,000 in debt and on welfare, to me, I wanted to be a millionaire. That was my goal because I knew that a millionaire would be able to, A, get a house cleaner, yep. which was my <laughs> That was your goal. goal? <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's, so, that's your I made it moment. <laughs> I hate cleaning. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> so get a, get a house cleaner and that I'd be able to travel and I'd be able to go to meditation sessions or mm. yoga sessions or buy a, a gym membership or buy fresh flowers every week. Like I didn't have massive goals. I just wanted to be able to do the things that made my heart sing. So that's the first step. Think of the things that make your heart sing and and just imagine that they've already happened. So, you know, it might mean writing down a list. It might mean creating a guided visualization, creating some affirmations around whatever you can do, but just get clear on what you truly want. Mm -hmm. Then if if you're wanting to create success and say you're uh, in a career or maybe you've got a business or maybe you want to start a business or whatever you want to do, find someone who's already done it. Like find a mentor that you can follow. And when I say a mentor, I don't necessarily mean, um, you know, you've got to pay them tens of thousands of dollars and have the one-on-one. It might be as simple as start off by reading their books or listening to their podcast or, or joining their Facebook group. And, you know, when you've got more money, you might want to take part in their uh, seminars or workshops or their membership program or, you know, and then maybe build up to more contact because obviously the more actual contact where you can ask them a question, the faster your results will come. But but get really clear on what you want. Find a mentor who's already created the success that you want. And then not only learn from them, I think that's where a lot of people stop. They learn. The next step is apply. Like actually do what they tell you to do. You're hitting such a good point. I know. I mean, I used to be so guilty of that. I would learn and learn, 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 learn. And my head Mm -hmm. was exploding with knowledge but nothing was happening. So I, I changed my whole process from 
um, ready, aim, fire, which is what most people learn. Get ready, aim, get everything, you know, just right, ducks in a row, make sure everything's perfect, and then fire. Whereas I teach my students, and this is how I live, and this is why, you know, sometimes I make mistakes, sometimes things go well, is ready, fire, aim. So it's mm-hmm. ready, fire, get started, just do it, aim, fix it up, tweak it, improve it, do whatever you can after you've actually got going. Because Otherwise, you get stuck in analysis paralysis and overthinking everything and perfectionism and just everything that holds you back. So um, get your mindset right, get clear on what you want, find a mentor, um, follow their, their lead, you know, learn everything from them but apply what it is that you learn. And then the last thing is really persist because I think too often people, again, they dabble. They think I'll just start. Like So, for instance, one of the things that I have is a, a life coach training academy and I train people all around the world to be internationally certified life coaches. And Amazing. one of the things I say to them at the very start of their training is, you know, you've said yes to being a coach. Now you're all in. From this point forward, you call yourself a coach. You you know, you're only at just at your st- the start of your journey, but you are a coach. Think of yourself as a coach. Talk of yourself as a coach and just totally commit because if you've come to this to just dabble your toe in the water, then you're never going to create the success that you want. So everyone listening, whatever it is that you commit to, commit completely and persist and keep doing what it is that you need to do because I think too often people are so close to you know, that breakthrough, so close yeah. to that new opportunity, so close to really making it big and they just give up just before it all happens. So mm. I think persistence is a really great trait to, to get you toward what it is that you want and then actually achieve it. I love this. I, I have a question. So immediately when I, I've heard this before and maybe you have too, your step one of clarity I think is probably one of the most key pieces for people so that we actually have a direction to go. And I love your your comment of going to your happy place and just visualizing your life and letting yourself kind of have that form of escapism for a bit. But I, I often hear some people say, I truly have no idea, Sandy. I don't know what I want. I close my eyes. I try to visualize and all I can see is not a good life. How do we How do we start to break through so we can actually get clarity on what we actually want? Yeah, good question. And I think sometimes things like guided visualizations can help you because Mm. it can walk you through the process. I mean, that's one of the things that I love to do with my students because for me personally, I'm great at visualizing. I can close my eyes and I can think about what I want and I can get into that feeling place and I can really connect to it. But other people don't have that ability. And so listening to a guided visualization that doesn't actually tell you what it is you need, you want or need, but just walks you through the process of getting into that place of really feeling like, you know, if I had all the money in the world, if I, if I, you know, suddenly won a million dollars tomorrow, what would I do? What would I do with that? What would I buy? Where would I go? What type of house would I live in? Like really walking you through the process so that you can get into that sort of really creative, imaginative state. Mm-hmm. Um, I think guided visualizations are brilliant for people that just don't have it themselves. But the other side of that is people often say, well, you know, I've never been rich. I can't imagine what it's like to be rich. Just think about, I remember when I was young. So when I was young, we used to go down the beach all the time. Uh, my grandparents had a house down by the ocean. So we would go and stay so there on the weekends and it was amazing. And I remember digging in the sand and finding something like, you know, back then a, a penny or um, five pence. And it was like I felt so totally beyond rich. Like <laughs> I felt like incredible. So I think people think 
that they have to imagine what it's like to have the million dollars. But really just try and find a time in your life where you Mm. actually felt wealthy. doesn't mean you have to have all the wealth, but when you actually felt. And it could have been walking into a a display home that was being built that was really beautiful that, you know, you just for a a moment imagine what if I owned this house. There's got to be a time in your life where you actually felt, oh, I felt still so abundant, so rich. You can energetically connect to that, feel that feeling, and then imagine your own dream life. Um, but again, I think really it comes back to if you can't visualise yourself, if you if you kind of get distracted and start thinking about the, the shopping list or the things that you've got to do later in the afternoon, go through a guided visualisation and that's really going to help you a lot. That's a great tip. Do you have any resources for a guided visualisation that you like and use? Actually, I have put together a money manifesting bundle that includes a guided visualization. One of them is see your business success, and the other one is just um, a money manifesting um, guided visualization and some affirmations. And all the listeners can have that for free. What? Tell us where to go. How do we get our hands um, on this? I'm going to do it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wildlywealthyfree.com. Perfect. Okay. So now we have no excuses. We can get clarity. You will guide us through it. Um, From your perspective with all of the students that you coach and work with, where in your your system do you feel like most people get stuck? Is it the start? Is it the consistency? Like what area do they usually struggle with? Definitely the consistency and letting their own self-doubt come up and thinking, Mm. oh, it's not going to work for me. So one of the things that I like to teach is it's not just about Um, getting the mindset in the right place. So I say you've got to align body, mind and spirit. So when I talk about mind, it's thinking the right thoughts and focusing on what you truly want instead of what's going on around you or how Mm -hmm. things used to be. So that's the mind. Then spirit is the emotions and the feelings. You've got to have those emotions and those feelings to be able to actually attract and manifest what it is that you want. But then body is action. So you've got to be thinking the right thoughts, feeling the right feelings, and you've got to be taking action because unless you're doing all three, then what you manifest or, or what, you, you're, what you're wanting to manifest, what you're wanting to create, your dreams, your desires and goals, they may come to you but it's going to be a much harder slog or if they come they might disappear right. again. So it really is you've got to align body, mind and spirit and it's a consistent thing. It's not something you do once and then I'm baked, I'm done, now I'm never have, going to have to you know, focus on that or get myself aligned again, you, it really is an ongoing thing. It's, mm. it's if you are not born into wealth and you haven't had wealth all your life and that's not who you are inherently at your core, it's an ongoing thing. And it's not hard work. It's like it's not like you have to put hours aside each day to, to get there. It's just consistently being mindful of where your energy is, where mm. your thoughts are, what actions you're taking. And then if you get that all aligned, and, and it's focused on what it is you truly want. In my case, the thing that I help people with is manifesting money. You know, when you do that, all sorts of the most incredible things happen. Like just in the last 24 hours, I've had a number of messages from people in my program. One of them had a $9,000 loan just released, like they were just forgiven. Oh they were just told you don't own it. Someone else got a $15,000 raise. Someone else got a $10,000 bonus. And the big one is someone had a... What was it called? A home loan line of credit or something for $97,000 was told that she didn't have to pay it back. It's like miracles can happen. I know. I'm going to be manifesting that. (laughs) It's it's completely mind blowing. And and that's that's what I say. It's, It's money manifesting miracles. And people don't understand that 
we try and figure out how the money is going to come or how it's going to work out and what we have to do to get it. Yeah. When you start to align body, mind and spirit, all sorts of things start to happen behind the scenes. The universe starts to switch things around and line things up in ways that we can never begin to imagine. So it's really just, you know, getting those three things in alignment and magic can happen. I love that. And I, I love to just hearing your story about with the secret and bringing that to Australia, that was such a great opportunity that aligned all of those things too. You put yourself into that situation where you said, Hey, you know, you could have easily said, Oh, great. They are not bringing that to Australia. That's fine. Let me just move on with my life. But you kept pushing at that. You kept saying, well, Hey, there's gotta be a way. And I That's think it's that man. You're right. But I, I felt that alignment. So when you mm-hmm. are working on body, mind and spirit, you get inspired ideas gotcha. and in, the ideas come like I, you know, I could be like millions of other people that watched the secret and did nothing. It's so I true. mean, I didn't even watch the secret and I emailed them. I know. Think of all the people that watched and thought, oh, this is amazing, but did nothing. So I didn't even watch it, but I just had this feeling and it was an inspired idea and I took action. So sorry for interrupting. Me. No, that's awesome. I, I think it's, it's so smart. And I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I think a lot of people do, when we think of manifestation, it's almost two different camps of people, people that think this is amazing. I've seen it happen in my own life. They're very in tune with that. And other people that are like, this is bogus. It doesn't work. It's not true. But I think if we're, if we're thoughtful and we're mindful about our everyday lives, we have all manifested something that was important to us. Maybe it's like a Barbie when you were a kid that you always wanted, or it's that dream house or your car or your business. But I love this conversation because I think you, you're hitting on so many important pieces that we just don't dive into. Yeah, and I think you, you, you touched on it there saying people have manifested and they don't realize it. Because I think what people, they get very confused about the word manifesting. They yeah. think it's some woo-woo hippie concept. Totally. And, you know, law of attraction <laughs> and it's all like, woo. Yep. But it's like... No, they don't understand that manifesting money could be you get a discount on something, you get a raise, you get new clients, you get um, a check in the mail, you get your loan um, forgiven. You get like there's a million, and I, I actually say there's a gazillion ways the universe can bring you your prosperity, bring you your abundance. And when you're so focused on thinking it's got to come this way, this one way, then you're handcuffing the universe from actually, you know, coming up with all those gazillion different ways it can bring it to you. So when you align your body, mind and spirit, you open yourself up to the possibilities and then anything becomes possible. And then it's, and that's when you create those money miracles. I love that. I think it it makes so much sense too. You've mentioned abundance a few times. So I'm curious for you specifically, what does abundance mean? Uh, Abundance for me is all about having more of what you want. So for me personally, when I first became a millionaire, I spent more money than I should have. <laughs> it was like I'm I sure. bought stuff every time I saw something I liked. Oh, I'll have that. Oh, I'll have that. Oh, I'll have that. Oh, I'll have that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah. But now um, I've got like I just I'm into minimalism. I'm like trying to get rid of everything. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, and just enjoy my space. I've got a beautiful home on two acres. I've got a spring-fed dam, as you said, the kangaroos in the backyard. I've got Amazing. a tropical Balinese hut next to a, a pool with a Buddha waterfall. And, and my space, because I'm an introvert, is my kind of, it's my treasure. Mm. So I love spending time in my space. I love travelling. 
unfortunately right now can't do that but love traveling and I love and and then I love experiences so I love doing things like I mentioned before going to yoga class or going to a meditation night or going to a retreat so they're the things that I spend my money on and they're the things that if I'm doing them make me feel abundant as well as my house cleaner (laughs) I my my thing this was my I made it moment it's so funny I said I would love to open my fridge and this is so cheesy whenever I open my fridge I see a bunch of really fresh pressed juices in glass bottles that was (laughs) that was my moment (laughs) and you know what we all had that moment I remember um there was a time because I love smoothies in the morning and I oh, yeah. have green smoothies now. It used to be um, fruit smoothies and I'd have a frozen banana and, you know, mango and pineapple and blend oh, yeah. it up and it felt like I was having ice cream for breakfast. And so my blender broke down and I remember going to um, Target to get a new blender and I'm walking down the blender aisle and it doesn't matter how many times I say this story, I still get emotional about it. It's like mm-hmm. it was really the, the that moment for me. So I'm walking down the blender aisle and I'm looking at all the blenders and I'm looking at all the prices and suddenly it struck me, I don't need to look at the price. I don't have to make my decision about ah. what I'm going to buy on what the price is anymore. And it was, I'm standing in the blender aisle crying in the middle of Kmart. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because amazing. I was just so overcome with that, with that realisation. So, yeah, That's it's so really cool, cool when, you, when, you, when things happen that you just, you know, that you, you do something the same way all your life and then suddenly you realise you can actually do it different. It's a really, really cool moment. I love that. How did you, I'm, I'm curious with your business, when you first got started, was it in-person workshops? Was it online? Like what, how did you first get started in your business? Yeah. So when I first started, I wore, I had to borrow the money. I had to yeah. put on credit card to become a life coach because yeah. I discovered coaching and I didn't get into it because I thought, oh, I want to you know, help people. I have to be perfectly honest. I thought, oh, I want to help myself. I love that. I need to do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to do this. So I loved it because it was in the personal development field and yeah. I was really diving into that. I loved it because I could work from home, because I could make as much money as I wanted, because I could choose my own hours. So all of those things together, it was like, yes, I want to do this. So I borrowed the money, went through my coach training and literally felt like I was going to throw up. And I don't mean just, you know, oh, yes, people say I think I'm going to be sick. I felt like I was going to throw up in my mouth at the thought of having Mm. to actually talk to people and coach them. It was just because my life was in such chaos and there was part of me that felt like I needed to have my life together to be a coach. But, you know, once I understood what coaching was and particularly if you get trained by a good coaching academy, you realise that it's not about you being the expert or the mentor or the trainer or any of that. It's you asking the right questions. It's you guiding them through a process so that they can discover and understand what it is that, you know, they truly want and and then help them create a plan to get it. So, but initially I was just so freaked out at the thought of coaching and I remember sitting on my bedroom floor and I'd have all these printed off questions all splayed out around me so that if anyone asked me anything, you know, or, or... or I was stuck, I had a question that I could ask. I literally oh, I kind of was so freaked out and didn't know what I was doing, but definitely started one-on-one. Very quickly learned that I did not enjoy one-on-one because I was mm. too disorganised to be somewhere at a certain place at a certain time because gotcha. I get numbers 
mixed up, <laughs> which you probably noticed for our session this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no. Got the time wrong. <laughs> so, so I realised one-on-one didn't suit me. I preferred group. But for me, huh. what happened, I recognised that what I did love, because my initial thought was I want to go into corporate coaching because corporate companies have big budgets and they pay ah. for coaches. So you don't even have to find the clients. You just get into a company. So I started coaching some corporate clients and I hated it like I their mindset and my mindset we did not gel I just did not enjoy it at all but what I found was when I was working with other people who kind of and it was usually women who were kind of more open to to mindset I was able to bring in some of the law of attraction things that Mm -hmm. I'd learned and it was really making a difference for them. So I realised that what I loved was group coaching and specifically around helping people to understand the law of attraction and specifically around creating abundance and prosperity. So my life began to change and I didn't go out there and, you know, I wasn't the expert on money, but I was four or five steps ahead of the people that I was coaching. Mm. I was four or five steps ahead of them and I was sharing everything I knew and I just loved that. And so from doing that one-on-one coaching and very quickly transitioning into group coaching and then creating online courses and then wrote my book, which became a bestseller. And then, um, you know, after doing that and creating a mentoring program for women and then ended up, as I said, launched my Life Coach Training Academy. And so everything stemmed from that very first decision to say yes to being a coach, even though I was the least qualified person on the planet to be a coach and even though I felt completely ill at the idea of having to actually speak to people, um, I said yes because, as I said before, sometimes you get an inspired idea. You just feel that it's the next right move. Even if you don't understand how, why, what, you just feel that you should look into that and do that. And that's how I felt and that's what I did and my life is completely transformed. I like the idea of leaning into that feeling inside of really leaning into your intuition. Cause I think so many times we talk ourselves out of really great decisions for our lives because it doesn't mathematically make sense or logistically we can't figure it out. So we immediately shun that idea and just put it aside. How did you, how did you work through that? So like, I, I know what you work with a lot of people, so you probably see this often when somebody comes to you and they're like, this is, this is the idea. It lit me up. I don't know what it was. I'm not qualified. It's not me. But something in me thinks it's a great idea. I don't know how I'm going to afford it. I don't know how I'm going to make time for it. I don't know any of that stuff. How do you work with people on that? Is there any questions or any like guides that you help so they can get out of their own way? Again, it all comes back to stop trying to figure out all the whys and the hows and the what to do. That's really it, huh? You know, just go to imagine, like for instance, my coaches, I say, stop figuring out all the steps in between. Imagine what it's like to be that successful coach and have those clients coming to you. See what, you know, the look on your face as you look at your new website and see the emails that are coming to you from successful and happy clients and and feel how amazing that feels and imagine what it's like with the money that you're making from that successful coaching business and how you feel and, and the pride that you feel and how your family feels. So, again, I always tell people to go back to the mindset and the feeling because when you do that, the ideas come, you feel more confident taking action, you actually take actions that allow you to open doors because, as I said, when I first became a coach, I would never have imagined that all the things that occurred for me since then, like even just thinking of becoming a coach felt too overwhelming, like that felt like too much of a step. But 
I took that step and then the next thing was revealed and then the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. So you don't have to know it all. You just have to take that first step and, and you'll, other things will be revealed to you along the way. Other ideas will come, other opportunities. But it's when you kind of get stuck in that I need to know all the details before I can get started, Yeah, that's when it all goes south. So, again, get into that mindset space and, and just get excited about the possibilities and just imagine that it's all worked out just the way you wanted and that will help you to move forward. I, I, it almost seems like this is extreme mindfulness of just here's where I'm at right now. Here's where I want to head. I'm just going to focus on today. It, it seems like a very grounding experience. It is. And, and I sort of like to tell people it's almost like, you know, what I teach is almost like mindful money manifesting mm. because we get so caught up in everything that went wrong in the past or what could go wrong in the future or right. all the messes happening now it's like now let's just get into a space of being mindful of your body mind and spirit your thoughts your actions and how you feel and and it will all just like it just comes together in the most amazing ways I always say that when you marry the metaphysical with the practical magic happens so you know you've just got to do it you just got to do it Tell us about your book. I am so inspired by anybody that writes a book. It seems like such a daunting task. So tell us a little bit about why you wrote it. Yeah, sure. So so once I was doing group coaching, I realized that, you know, I needed, to, I, I, I wanted to expand. So my group coaching started off as a four-week program. So mm. once a week, for an hour a week, we'd all get together and I would, you know, share my, my wisdom and the tips and the strategies but four weeks, just, you know, I started to incorporate more stories and more examples and more tips and four weeks stretched out to six weeks and then eight weeks and then 10 weeks and 12 weeks. And as the program expanded, so did the price. And in the end, I'm thinking, you know, this price is going to be so too much for people. And also it's taking so much time and I want to reach more people. I'm going to take everything that I've that I've now created as the program, as the coaching and put it into a book. And the reason that I had so many different processes and exercises and, and tips and secrets around manifesting money was because I was creating them and using them in my own life. Mm. And I'm the sort of person that loves to share. And if I tried to share, say, with my daughter, she'd just roll her eyes and walk away. Always how it goes. <laughs> she's, she's not interested. And so I remember when I first started learning the law of attraction, I actually used to get my friend around to my house sit her down on the couch and say to her, this is what I learned because I just felt mm. like by sharing what I learned, something happened. Like she would ask me a question about something that I'd learned and I knew I hadn't learned it, but it would just come to me. Like the answer would come and, and that kind of made me feel like I'm meant to be doing this. Like I, I love this. I feel alive when I do this. I feel inspired. I feel like I get a download when I do this. I really want to do this. So so that was why I started the group coaching and that's why I turned the, the group coaching at that point into a book and, and you know, the book became a bestseller and and from there I just expanded out and created a, a whole course around it and, yeah, everything that I've done and even my Life Coach Training Academy, it's all really based around the book. So, yes, we teach people to be life coaches but we also bring all the money manifesting aspects and all the law of attraction aspects and all the, the manifesting aspects into their coach training as well. So everything okay. just stemmed from my love of law of attraction and my love of learning about how to manifest money because I was the one who was $100,000 in debt and drowning and I'm the one that needed help. And I think I, I heard someone say, your mess can become your success. Mm, and that was very much good. what happened for me. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. This is such a fun conversation. It's very uplifting. So I'm grateful to have you on the show to chat about manifesting money and what it is and isn't. I think that's really an important piece. I'm glad you shared that it's not just sitting on your butt and wishing things into existence that we do have to take action. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love what you do because you help people a lot with the practical side. And, you know, sometimes Sometimes the money manifesting, you know, that's one side of it, but then you have to really become a master of your money because it's not how much you make that makes a difference to your future. It's what you do with what you make. So So true. Amen to that friend. I agree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for everybody listening in the best place to go to hang out with you, to connect with you, do you have any favorite social media platforms you're on? Um, I'm kind of on them all, but I kind of ignore them all too. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> I totally best. get it. <laughs> I'm not the best at social media, but um, if you go to wildlywealthy.com and you know sign up for anything there, you'll find that um, you know I send out emails and I let people know about anything I'm doing or what's coming up, and you know any anything I'm doing maybe on Clubhouse. I've been hanging around there a little bit lately. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of it so far? Um, I wasted a lot of time at the start and I actually ran away because it seemed so overwhelming because as an introvert, there was just people everywhere. A lot going on. Um, but now I'm very conscious and I just use it, you know, if I'm walking on the beach, I'll sometimes listen to it. And I have actually had a couple of my own rooms, which I absolutely loved. Oh, it was so great. Cool. I was sharing money manifesting tips. So yeah, I found that was really fun. Oh, I love that. I'll have to come join your room for sure. I'm yeah. still dabbling in clubhouse myself. I know yeah. this much about it. <laughs> Yeah, I only know that much about it. <laughs> it sounds like you're four or five steps ahead of me, so yeah, I'll yeah. follow your lead. I love that. Sandy, before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid-fire questions? Sure. All right. First question for you. What is one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? Uh, one person, one, uh, let me think, let me think, because I'm really not buying a lot of stuff. What I know. What have I bought lately? I've, I've actually, the latest thing I bought was a book called Contagious. So oh, it's all yes. about, um, yeah, like using, how they use digital marketing to create like uh, viral marketing. So I know I haven't implemented anything yet because I've only just a few chapters in, but I know that's going to make a difference. That's going to be good. Oh, I'm excited to follow your business and see what it does for you too. It's a great <laughs> book. Yeah. Okay, next question. I personally am obsessed with people's morning routine. So what is your current morning routine? Okay, so I wake up about four o'clock. I meditate, uh, usually for 11 minutes. I'm very structured. Uh, 11 minutes meditation. Then I get my dog. We go for a walk down the beach. We watch the sunrise. On the way to the beach, I listen to affirmations that I've created because in my iPhone I have um, voice, is it voice memos? Mm-hmm. I create, a, like I've got dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of different things. So I listen to affirmations on the way there. When I get to the beach, I, again, I listen, most of my affirmations that I've created are anything from two minutes to maybe five minutes long. So I just listen to different ones the whole time I'm walking, um, come back home, have my green smoothie, and usually I've got a podcast or two lined up so I do that and yeah that's the start of my day good for you tell us about your green smoothie what's that looking like okay so I have kale I have uh, mint from my because I've got an organic veggie patch I have mint I have parsley I have celery I have um what else have I got in there Uh, um, blueberries Mm. and something that's really made a difference actually because I I got to the point where like when you first have a green smoothie you'd know this they're like ah you yeah, got to get used sure. to it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so I got used to the whole green smoothie thing, 
But then I've been seeing a, a was a functional nutrition nutritionist or something like that because I want to grow. I want to live till I'm 120. Oh, so okay. I read Dave Asprey's book called Superhuman, and he wants to live to 180. So he had all these tips, and one of them was to talk to a functional, you know, whatever, and they can give you some tips and things. And one of the things she recommended was this vitamin C powder. And I put that in my green smoothie, and suddenly, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to having green smoothies without it because really? it really makes it, like, very palatable. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Good to know. Is there is it yeah. a specific brand or is it just any vitamin C? I powder? can't remember that. No, you got you want to get the right brand because some of them apparently aren't that great oh, okay. in terms of good for you, but also not so great tasting. So I'll look it up and send you the info. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes too. I think that's always so interesting. Sure. All right. Next yeah. question for you. Post COVID, where is one location you're dying to travel to? Oh, I really want to go to Bhutan. And I think it's called the, um, is it the Eagle's Nest or the, oh, I've forgotten, the something rather nest monastery. It's like perched on the side of these cliffs in mm. um, Bhutan. I really want to go there. But I also really want to go to um, Thailand and go to a, like a 21-day health retreat as well. Oh, that'd be that'd so be fun. Yeah. yeah, maybe hit both of the countries and just make a, a big old yeah, trip go, out go of it. To, go on the trek one first and then come back and relax. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my style too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Sandy, last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? The secret to financial success is no matter how much money you make or manifest or create or attract, you need to learn the practical side as well. And when you, when you as I said, when you combine uh, the practical with the metaphysical, that's when the magic happens. I love it. Sandy, thank you so much for your time. It was so fun chatting with you and getting to know you and learning from you. I'm definitely going to be applying all of your tips into my own life because I need to get back on my manifestation journey. I've been a little lazy lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I inspired you and I hope I inspired all your listeners as well. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, what'd you think? I really enjoyed this episode more than anything. I never was really considering myself a law of attraction kind of person, but I really can get behind visualization and I can get behind when you focus on something great and you look for opportunities, it does come your way. So to me, that's exactly what law of attraction is. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If so, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening in. I would love to connect with you and just see kind of what you're up to and what you're working on in your finances. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, means the world to me and I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.